sensation and sounds built to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work back Magnesium is naturally found in foods like. This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Research shows that maintaining a well-balanced gut microbiome is a key element of our overall well-being. And at Well and Good, we write about our gut health a lot what foods we should eat, what foods we should avoid, and why our gut is so important. Our gut, often called our second brain, impacts the health of our entire body. Everything from our cardiovascular system to our mood, memory, cognitive functioning, it can all be traced back to a healthy gastrointestinal system. But with so much information out there, it can be hard to cut through the clutter. It feels like every day, new information and recommendations flood our screens. I'm Ella Dev, Director of Creative Development here at Well and Good and the host of today's episode. I sat down with Dr. Will Bolswicks, also known as Dr. B, a gastroenterologist, and Bridget Zeitlin, a registered dietitian for a bit of a gut health 101. But no surprise, there is a lot to digest, pun intended. So we're breaking it down into two parts. Part one, this episode, is essentially a recipe for a healthy, high-functioning gut. And part two, next week, is all about what to do when you don't feel like you can trust your gut or things are just kind of going wrong, along with a pretty fantastic round of myth-busting, if I do say so myself. I'm Dr. Will Bolsowitz. I am a gastroenterologist by training and... um, I also am a New York Times bestselling author of a book called Fiber Fueled, and I have a new book that has just recently been released called The Fiber Fueled Cookbook, and I'm excited to be here to talk all about gut health and things of that variety. 
I am Bridget Zeitlin. I am a registered dietitian. I have a private practice based out of New York City. And fun fact, when I first became a dietitian, I was the clinical um, dietitian at Mount Sinai for the GI floor and the GI unit. So I'm super excited to be here talking about all things gut related. I started on a journey when I was 18 years old. When I started college, I was pre-med. And I basically worked six or seven days a week, 12 to 18 hours a day, sometimes 30 hours in a row. And that was until I was 34 years old to emerge on the other side and do what I do, which is that I'm a gastroenterologist, which basically means that I'm an expert when it comes to the stomach and the intestines. So I'm also board certified as an internal medicine doctor. I was a chief medical resident at my residency program, Northwestern in Chicago. But then I went on to do four years of additional training so that I could be a specialist. So Dr. B has pretty much studied everything there is to study when it comes to the gut. Well, I, you know, I, I feel like what I have to offer that's unique because there are a lot of gastroenterologists across the country. Um, but I feel like what I have to offer that's unique is that not only was I a clinical gastroenterologist working in a traditional medical practice, taking care of patients, you know, one-on-one -on -one trying to basically work with them to find solutions to their issues. And then, you know, I honestly think that like the, the biggest thing for me, it's a little bit weird, but is that I had my own health related issues about 10 years ago. And that actually... You know, that moment that I thought I was being cursed has turned into a blessing in disguise for me because it really empowered me and motivated me to be a better doctor and to study things that I was not taught in my medical training, which basically means nutrition. And so I, this is how I've become an advocate for, you know, less so traditional medical care, even though I'm trained as a traditional medical doctor, but I've become an advocate for like, why are we not talking about diet and lifestyle? I became a dietitian actually 10 years ago. And like I said, when I first started, I got a job at Mount Sinai because having a clinical background was really, really important to me. And I was always interested in digestion, obviously, like I'm a food focused person. So where it all gets broken down and absorbed really spoke to me from the get go. So being able to have that like super clinical focus on, on the gut right off the bat at, at Sinai was awesome. Um, I was always talking about food and, and lifestyle changes. And I think that really my, my gut health patients there, it seemed like they were able to connect the dots. Like they were, they didn't maybe know all the ways that it was working and helping and how, but they, they were able to connect the dots between how they ate and how they felt, um, versus a lot of other patients that when I would cover other units and other floors. So when I left Sinai to open my own private practice, I stayed really focused on, on gut health because I have a functional approach to health and well-being. And I think every single thing is connected, which feels like Dr. B is also very aligned with that, right? What we eat, it affects everything, every system. It's not just the way we digest and absorb. It also affects our mental health. It affects our hormonal health. In the past five or so years, it feels like we've seen a huge uptick in conversations around gut health and the microbiome. I wanted to know where this was coming from. They've done these studies where if you take a look at from the day that a paper is published, how long does it take for something to actually come into routine medical care? And the answer is 17 years. So it's 2022 which means that we are currently functioning on a 2005 time warp and which is sad, right? And the interesting thing about it, Bridget knows this, is that in 2005, we basically knew nothing about the gut. 
it was a breakthrough in technology, laboratory technology, that allowed us for the first time to actually start to study these microbes, these invisible microorganisms that are covering us from the top of our head to the tip of our toes, but they are most concentrated inside of our large intestine, the colon. So this breakthrough starts to occur in 2006, and the last 10 years have been insane. And we're just getting started. Like, I sincerely believe that we are just on the tip of the iceberg right now. And this, to me, is a sincere revolution in terms of biology and understanding human health. And we're in the middle of it. Like, this is one of the major breakthroughs during our lifetime. And it's taking place in this realm of science. So, you know, gut health, I think, has seen an emergence in terms of popular culture that has coincided with this. Now I will say like, don't believe everything that you read on Google. Don't believe everything that you watch on YouTube, but like there is real science and it is legit and it is exciting and it is changing the way that we are going to take care of patients in the future. I don't know about you, but the fact that it takes roughly 17 years for research to come into medical care, both terrifies and fascinates me. In 2005, I was in eighth grade. But as Dr. B mentioned, we have these microorganisms from our head to our toes that are concentrated in large intestine and colon. But what do these tiny little organisms have to do with our overall health? And why is our gut as important as doctors and the media and grocery shelves might make it seem? My baseline understanding is that the gut plays an important role in digestion, of course, but outside of that, what role does it play in our overall well-being? The gut is frequently referred to as like the second brain of our body, right? And that's because it affects everything <laughs> the same way our brain affects everything. Like I said, all systems are aligned. So we eat, we chew, we absorb, right? We, our body breaks food down. We absorb nutrients through our gut. I think everyone's like baseline understanding is like our body absorbs those nutrients in our gut and then those nutrients get to like disperse and go to do like whatever their their specific jobs are. Great. But also what's going on in our gut is the majority of our immune system is in our gut, right? So having a strong, healthy immune system factors in a big part about having a healthy gut. Also, like I said, our hormones what the nutrients that we're taking in and absorbing through our through our gut, the way that we're able to utilize them and the way that it like transmits throughout the rest of our body, the messages that it sends throughout the rest of our body affects our thyroid health, it affects our detoxification. So um, being able to synthesize out what we want to synthesize out in a really efficient manner too. And and our our mental health as well, right? Like it is the second brain brain, mental, right? So we want to, um, you know, so many times people who, people will complain of like, about like brain fog or people who deal with anxiety and depression. A lot of that has to do with the way that their body is, like the food that they're taking in and the nutrients that they're deficient in. And so again, it comes back to is, are you taking in the right things? And then is your gut healthy enough to break them down efficiently and absorb them appropriately so that they get to go to all the different places in our body that it's supposed to go to. The gut microbiome is intertwined with hormone metabolism and the balance of our hormones. And it's most prominent with estrogen. There's a part of the gut microbiome that we actually label the estrobilome. 
And the estrobilome is quite simply referring to the fact that there is a family of microbes that control and balance your estrogen levels. And this becomes important because we have um, identified that disturbance or changes in the gut microbiome exist in many hormone-related issues. Examples would include endometriosis, endometrial hyperplasia, polycystic ovary syndrome. So the gut microbes are connected to these things because of the fact that they can affect our hormones. And when we're in balance, we are at our healthiest self in terms of our hormones. And I'm sure Bridget can share um, examples of people that she's worked with where, you know, by changing and modifying your diet, you get that pregnancy that you've been trying to get. You've been struggling with fertility. You make a breakthrough. Like that's empowering. That's exciting. And there's a science that backs it up. The way that our gut is related to our estrogen levels, like that is 100% related to our, our fertility too. And I work with a lot of women who are trying to conceive from the back end or postnatal, right? Pre and postmenopausal. So really, really creating a, a lifestyle that supports a healthy gut from like the inside out. So from the inside being the foods that you're putting in and from the outside being how you're handling your stress levels, your anxiety, taking all of those things in, into account because that is so much of our goals where they are fertility or clearer skin or less bloat, more healthy pooping, right? Under Understanding that we are one whole body, right? We're talking about our digestive system. We're talking about the gut specifically in this episode, but we are a single body. Everything that we put in, everything that we are experiencing throughout our day is affecting all of our, all of our systems in all the ways. So knowing that what you put in is going to create a healthier gut and that healthier gut is then going to create a healthier hormonal balance. And then that healthier hormonal balance is going to create a healthier chance of fertility. And then that's also going to create a healthier mindset and, and stress resiliency in our life. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We get it. 
Our gut impacts everything from stress to anxiety to fertility to skin, everything in between. But how does that happen? Dr. B walks us through a pretty visual example of just how important our gut microbiome is for overall health and how it takes what we eat and converts it into what our body actually needs. You know, speaking to our gut microbes, we can think of this community of microorganisms. There are 38 trillion of them, which is completely absurd. Like this number is completely insane. So trying to quantify this is rather difficult, but to the best of my ability, let me put it this way. If we were to lift our arms up really wide and grab all of the stars that exist within our galaxy and pull them in, I would have to place 380 galaxies full of stars into an individual person's colon in order to meet the number of microbes that they have living inside of them right now. And that's all of us. That's not just me. <laughs> um, so, and they're there with a purpose and they have unique specialized enzymes that we as humans lack. So in other words, like they actually make us more powerful and more functional than we would be if we were by ourselves. They enhance our digestive ability and they have the ability to transform our food. And so you can think of it, and I, when I'm going to use these ter this, this expression, I mean it in a very good, positive way. They're like a chemical factory. A chemical factory that's making wonderful chemicals that we want. Like chemical sounds kind of noxious and nasty, but like in this case, they can transform our food and make it more healthy for us. So a quick example. We consume fiber. Fiber is a part of all plants, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, seeds, nuts, and legumes. You also find fiber in mushrooms. Fiber, if we were sterile creatures... Fiber would have zero nutritional value and really, frankly, wouldn't serve much of a purpose. Um, maybe it would help our bowel movements, but that's about it. But when fiber comes into contact with the gut microbes living inside of our colon, they actually transform the fiber. It stops being fiber and it transforms into what I would describe as the most anti-inflammatory compounds that I have come across in my 20 years of studying medicine. These are the short-chain fatty acids. So butyrate, acetate, propionate, these things, you know, many of the things that Bridget was referring to, how our gut microbiome can affect our digestion, metabolism, immune system, hormones, mood, brain health. Actually, one of the major factors are these short-chain fatty acids. So they create nutrients that our body needs, these chemicals that are beneficial to us. Now, flip side, um, you're eating unhealthy food, um, you can actually create unhealthy compounds. So in a way, the gut microbiome is amplifying our dietary choices and either making them, you know, basically support human health, be anti-inflammatory, um, or alternatively, they can actually take like many of the sort of modern forms of food that we consume and make it bad and something that we don't necessarily want. I'm not a fan of fear mongering. I think that we should be gravitating towards our healthy food um, as opposed to running away from stuff that we're scared of. But I do think that it's important to understand that the gut microbiome is, is transformational when it comes to our food. We got to get away from worrying about being perfect because perfect doesn't exist. And frankly, the idea of being perfect, if we try to do that, we actually cause so much stress that we're probably making our gut health worse. I certainly don't eat a perfect diet. I enjoy eating potato chips sometimes. But I think that what it is, is it's just about making simple, sensible choices where you can level up your nutrition you can enjoy your food and simultaneously support your gut microbiome and reap the rewards of that. 
So if our gut takes everything we eat and turns it into what we need, I wanted to know what does our gut like the most? What's a recipe for a very happy gut? What's your prescription, recipe, you know, recommendation, whatever you want to call it for kind of maintaining a healthy gut, a healthy microbiome. I always recommend that my my clients aim for six to eight servings of produce, fresh produce throughout their day. So fruits and vegetables, um, you can you can always eat more. If you're if you're a ten serving kind of gal or guy, that works. Um, but eight, but like a minimum of of six to eight is really great. Also having you know one serving of whole grains in your day is really beneficial. And then as many plant-based proteins as you can get. Fish, fantastic. If you eat animal proteins, that's that's totally fine and great. But also aiming to have a balance of plant-based proteins too, I think is a really good overall healthy lifestyle for everything. So legumes, lentils, right? Chickpeas, all, all that good stuff. Also, I think something else that's really, really beneficial too for our for our gut, which is not necessarily what we're eating, but it, it affects it affects our gut is how are you sleeping, right? How are you sleeping? How what are your stress levels like? How are you? What are you? What do you have in your life that is stress reducing? And so making sure that you have that that you take that whole picture in to the mix is really important. We did talk a little bit about probiotics. I, I love foods that are rich in probiotics. So pickled vegetables, kimchi, miso, kraut. If you do eat cow's dairy, organic dairy. Um, and if you are interested in supplementation, I'm not anti-probiotic supplements either. Um, there, you know, sometimes the supplement world can be a bit of the wild, wild west. So you want to make sure that you are, um, you're choosing a brand and a product that is like third party um, vetted. And you could speak to your doctor or dietitian about great validated brands for, for probiotic supplementation. There are many paths towards a healthful diet. It is not just one path. But I think that one of the things that I have seen uh, emerge through the clinical research is that the paths towards a healthful diet are predominantly plant-based. And I think the reason why is because of the fact that these plants contain the fiber the resistant starches, the polyphenols that feed and fuel a healthy gut microbiome. So it's not that you have to like, for example, eat the way that I eat. I, I honestly don't care whether you do or do, you don't. I, but what I do want is I do want you to use the available science to find a diet that really brings you great joy and works for you, but simultaneously is supporting your health so that you can be like in your eighties and dancing at some, at like your grandson's wedding. So, um, Building off of that, so like clearly plant-based food uh, appears to be beneficial to the gut microbiome, beneficial to our health. There was a study in the American Gut Project, uh, which is the largest study to date to allow us to make connections between our dietary choices, our lifestyle choices, and the health of our gut microbiome. And this was over 11,000 people literally from across the globe, not just the United States. When they performed their analysis, there was one thing that jumped off the analysis, like being the most clear, powerful predictor of a healthy gut. And that is the diversity of plants in your diet. Every single plant has its own unique qualities and properties, has its own strengths, and frankly, it has its own weaknesses too. You wouldn't eat a diet of just kale all day long. We can call that the healthiest food out there. That would be a horribly unhealthy diet if that was the only thing that you ate. We need variety. 
And our microbiome thrives on variety because these microbes, I realize they're invisible. I realize this sounds weird, but they're kind of like us. They are picky eaters. They have their own dietary preferences. They don't all like kale. And so not to rip on kale as opposed to chips at this point, but you know, so. Yeah, no, <laughs> kale, des- kale deserves it. Kale deserves us to rip on it a little bit. It has to be massaged. It's awkward. You know, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so when we, when we eat a wide variety of plants, we feed a wide variety of microbes in the American Gut Project. The magic number that they discovered was 30 different plants per week. Mm-hmm. It may sound crazy, but actually it's not that hard if you just choose to do this. If you ask the food system to do it for you, unfortunately, that's not going to happen because the food system only wants you to eat wheat, corn, and soy. Those are your yeah. only three plant-based foods. So um, so my takeaway, just jumping off of what Bridget said, my takeaway to the listeners today is no matter what dietary pattern you enjoy, eat more varieties of plants. Make this a point of emphasis when you're in the supermarket, when you're in the kitchen, and when you're putting your plate together you hear my voice, <laughs> diversity of plants. And then it happens. And then your gut microbes are like basically doing a kick line like the rockets down there. You can try to eat the rainbow and that kind of helps. Some, an easy, like an easy tip that I try to help my clients with when it comes, because sometimes, sometimes when it can feel overwhelming, like where do I really start? If you aim for like three to four colors a day, that's like a really easy, I think like a really easy, tangible goal and tip to like latch onto. And then you get to build and build from there. So like aim for like three to four colors a day. The issue with eating the rainbow is that it kind of ignores the issues with accessibility in this country. When Dr. B says we should eat 20 to 30 vegetables a week, he knows that's not necessarily feasible for all. But when we think about what those 20 to 30 foods look like, Dr. B has this to add. It's a nuanced topic. So this is not just like a one-way street. I think that the, my response to this though, so again, like I, I, this is important and it needs to be addressed. But the backbone of a plant predominant diet is not actually the fresh produce. You're not getting the majority of your calories from that. The backbone of a plant predominant diet is whole grains and legumes. And if you go around the world, for example, to the five blue zones, which are the five specific uh, geographic locations where people are living to a healthy age and like they're they're healthy at that age, um, that's off the charts. If you go to these five places, you will find even though they're in Japan and Greece and Sardinia and, you know, Costa Rica and then in California, they're all eating some variation of whole grains and legumes as the backbone of their diet. You start there and then you expand from that spot. When you make chili, you could easily have five different beans in there, right? Mm -hmm. There's so many different legumes. And then the last thing that I would add to this is I think that the entire world needs to know how to sprout. Seriously. I love it. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I'm not (laughs) kidding. Like I think the entire world needs to know how to sprout because no one does. And it's completely accessible. You buy legumes or you buy seeds. They can sit in your pantry for a year. You buy them bulk. You buy them organic. And when you're ready to sprout them, within a couple of days, like literally five minutes a day of effort, that's all it takes, you have an amazing amount of the most nutritious, 
fresh produce, and it's basically like having a garden that's growing in your kitchen. If I take a half of a cup of lentils, give me three days, and I will have four cups of lentil sprouts, and that half of a cup of lentils probably cost me 10 cents. When you sprout, the seed or the legume is basically waiting for you to say, wake up, time for you to come to life. And the way that you do that is by soaking it overnight. So you start in the evening and you take your whatever amount, it could be a half of a cup of lentils or it could be two tablespoons of broccoli sprouts, broccoli seeds, and you just soak them in water overnight. And that's the last time you're ever gonna soak the, the seed or the legume because from this point forward, what you do is twice a day, you rinse, you swish, and then you pour out and you leave it at a 45 degree angle. So you have like, imagine you have this mason jar and you could have cheesecloth at the top or you could have like a, a special sprouting grill that allows you to put water in and take water out. Twice a day, you pour some water in there, swish, swish, swish. Okay, like literally immediately pour it out and just leave it at an angle so that it can get air, but also so that it can dry up. And uh, lentil sprouts, three days, pea sprouts, three days, chickpeas, three days, um, broccoli sprouts, five to seven days, and then the most flavorful, the most mind-blowing, and I'm gonna guess that you guys haven't tried this because it's very rare. I'm gonna put it out there. I wanna hear whether or not you've tried this. Onion sprouts, game changer. So let us know how your sprouting goes. I will gladly admit that after our conversation, I went online and I bought myself a sprouting grate. Haven't actually started it yet, but uh, stay tuned for my homemade sprouts. That said, our conversation did not end with sprouting. Tune in next week for more gut fun and a deep dive into how to handle your gut health when you just don't feel like you can trust your gut. You know, when things are out of whack and you're looking for a fix. On today's show, you heard from Dr. B and Bridget Zeitlin. This episode was scripted in part by Charlotte Tratner and produced by Taylor Camille, Abby Stone, and myself, Ella Dove, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. Mixing and scoring by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lekomsky and Matt Dynamenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette.